Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12th to grow in obedience and affection for him every day. Our hope is that at 12th, we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things, one person, one place at a time. And our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that. Thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. It is Garen and Jordan coming to you live on a Tuesday. Uh, talking about talking about <laughs> talking about if we were a refined podcast, we would start this over. We're just gonna run through. We're it. gonna go. We're yeah, gonna do it. This is real. We needed yesterday, didn't we? I oh did. man, yeah. we needed, needed Monday that, off. Needed a Monday off. So so now we're coming to you on a Tuesday, talking about Garen's message two days ago now about Yahweh Rapha, um, which means I am your healer. And Garen took us to Exodus fifteen and the story of Moses and the Israelites. And uh, something really interesting, if we just jump right into it, Garen, was something you called the Mara test, Yeah, which was um, the Israelites in the desert. They've just left Egypt and they come upon this, this oasis, this water source. We're not sure, but the water's bitter. And God kind of sets this up to see, okay, how are we going to handle this? And you really, for me, I mean, I've heard this, but you really brought it home. You really changed the way that I think about a, a quote, maybe test isn't even the right word, but the quote unquote tests that yeah, God gives us. Right. Because you talked about two different kinds of tests and how we view God as giving us a summative test where he really wants to give us a letter grade or it's pass fail. It's pass fail and like, oh, you blew that one. Okay. Yeah. I'll slam you or whatever. I don't, yeah. Because that's what kinda... we think of when we think of God giving us a test. But in reality, these tests are formative. Yes. They are to shape us into what he wants us to be. And it's not so that he can condemn us if we fail at it, it's so that he can grow us. Yeah. To reveal something. to us like something, to help us see something we don't know. Right. So that he can form us because he's preparing us for something in the future. And yeah, so it's a good Man, thing. I've just never read my Bible that way before, especially in the Old Testament when it says like, yeah, the Israelites came to Mara and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they failed this test or whatever. It's like, whoa. I mean, that's how, that's how I think of it. But yeah. And I even said at first service, I later in the sermon, I said, yeah, and they failed it. And I'm like, wait, duh, that's not right. Because I we think so much about summative tests and pass-fail when we think of that word instead of formative. So it's a relative, that actually I just learned about a month ago, that concept. And it's been very helpful because I knew this was coming. I knew Abraham's test was coming. And I, 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 I wanted to think better about that concept. So that just seems kind of American to me. Do we, we just view things as like, Pass fail or yes. is that a Western idea? I, yeah, I think so very much. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard to get out of that mindset. Yeah, because if you go over to like the UK, with the way they do their educational system, it's primarily formative. You'll like meet with your professor partway through the course, and you talk. They're listening to you. They're hearing what do you, what do you get, what do you not get, and then they they kind of form how they're going to go from there. So they have a very different approach. Yeah, we have a very climb the ladder, pass fail mentality. And I think it affects the way we view God's test. So that's why I wanted to talk about that. Cause I need, I need to reform how I think about that word. And when, when we do think that God is just giving those summative tests, 
it really changes our view of God into something that one isn't probably make us love him very much. No, not very attractive, but two and more importantly is not even really accurate of his character. Yeah. Cause it kind of makes me think of that teacher. Most teachers don't do that, but you think like, Oh, they're just watching us cringe. That's really what's going on. And so it, it did affect kind of how I thought about that word and how I thought about God. So I've been doing a lot of this just for my own self reframing how I think about God and that word. I think it's natural for us to view God as the big kid with the magnifying glass and we're the ants. Yeah. And he's just like <laughs> observing us and, and smiting us and, oh, you did bad, so you get this. And so to get out of that headspace that these tests that he's giving me are for my good and my flourishing and so I can grow and not so that he has a reason to smack yeah. me around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just a tough, it's, it's tough to make that switch. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah. So, but you, you helped us in a big way in doing that yesterday. So hopefully that was, that was useful to people. Um, you talked about how God wants our complete healing, right? Yep. Not just our, our physical immediate healing. And so when it says that I'm your healer, we may think physician, oh good, he's here to take care of my immediate situation. But in reality, that's kind of a it's broader than that. Yeah, it's much broader. In fact, I'm going to come back to this text at Thanksgiving because the whole context actually, when he, he doesn't even say, I'm the water's healer. He says, I'm your healer. And I just touched on it. He was revealing the bitterness of spirit they had. And he was saying, you need healing in your soul from this. I'm going to come back to that Thanksgiving. But yeah, it's much broader. It's, it's just, it's emotional, spiritual, relational. It's physical. It's all of it. And he cares about all of us. The totality of who we are. You said, um, as you were prepping this, and then I think yesterday, not yesterday, Sunday, you even said this too, that this was the hardest one. Yep. I saved it for last because it was the hardest one to wrap my head around. I knew it wasn't going to be easy to talk about because how many of us, we know people who have not been healed, people we care about who get cancer, who die, or who just chronically suffer. Yeah, there's not any, there's nobody who heard this who doesn't have that experience. Of yeah. God not healing in the way that they would have wanted him to yeah. see it. There's and, nobody who doesn't have that And we experience. pray and pray and pray and we beg him and we ask him and nothing changes. We we do see some, and I have. So I don't want to say that we don't because I have seen some, even ones I really consider miraculous. But the reality is we all see it not happen. And we're just like, is this really who he is in his character? Or is this one just kind of a farce? He just throws that out there, but this really isn't part of who he is. Mm. And that's why I was waiting to the end of May for this one. So you're dreading because I had a lot of people to talk to. I had a lot to think about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us about, you said something you've considered to be miraculous. Can you tell us about a healing that you've witnessed either in your own life or somebody else's that you'd consider to be miraculous? Yeah. I, I don't know if I will say some names about, there have been some people, the deacons we've laid hands on and prayed for that there was a miraculous healing. Um, I had a personal thing that the deacons prayed over me and I had had a test done and I had, I was awake when they did the, I won't go into all the details. They did two different kinds of scans and they were showing me, here's the three places. That's the problem. And then when I went to Topeka and the doctor up there who was going to probably do surgery, he said, I want to do my own scan. I want to look at this myself. And then he went and looked at it. And so I went under and when I came out and he came in, he said, has this like been a joke or something? And Pat and I were like, what? And he said, I went in there and there's nothing wrong. There's nothing in there. And 
he was almost, he kind of was, he didn't have the best bedside manner, but he almost <laughs> acted ticked off like I had wasted his time. <laughs> and I, that was, uh, it wasn't a life-threatening thing, but it still was a pretty big deal. And wow. I believe that God chose to miraculously heal me that, but I've got other stuff that I'm still dealing with chronically. Nothing major, but that I mean, he hasn't taken away. You're a Broncos fan. He hasn't taken that away yet. So, <laughs> Yeah, especially these days. Have the, have the deacons anointed you and prayed over you in that one, maybe to convert you to, to chiefdom? Probably not going to happen. Well, Garen, that's so cool to hear. And it is awesome to hear that God does still heal miraculously and step into our time and space and touch and, and heal in that way. But I think it's fair to say to expect that every time is unrealistic and it's not, it's not what God's plan is. Yeah. Because I think so much, you know, in a minute, Anne's going to talk. Anna, and maybe she'll touch on it. I'm not, you don't even have to, Anna. She's sitting here. But um, we just, we always, it's the focus is just on the body, right? And God is interested in the totality of who I am. And I even remember that illness, that thing I was struggling with. I had that for like six months. And I was talking to a friend and he just said, uh, he said, any movement on, like, has God healed that? And I said, no. And he said, I'm curious, Garen. He said, I wonder, is there some work God's wanting to have in your life? And that really redirected my thinking on it. I was so focused on the chronic thing, the physical. And I really went into a time of praying like, God, is there some things in my heart you're trying to show me? And actually some things came up. And through that and through my friend, God had some soul work to do. And actually that event happened like two weeks after that. and. So I just, yeah, God's interested in the totality of who I am. And for me, all I want, I want a great body so I can just do whatever I want. It's pretty self-centered, I think, a lot of times. I mean, that's, I want to be whole, okay? But I think sometimes I just want everything to be great and perfect so I can be happy. And my soul can be totally horrible, like the Israelites at Mara. They had this bitter, complaining spirit, and God wanted to show them that there was something in their soul that needed work on, so... Mm. So what do you say to somebody who is wanting healing and comes to you and you pray for them and they haven't received it and it's devastating? I mean, what words do you have for them or what can you even say at that point? Yeah, I pray for them. Um, I do believe God is good and great, that he is fully capable, that he is able. I know that ultimately, long-term in eternity, we will all, all of us who walk with Jesus when we're resurrected, we will be healed. Um, but that I will ask for that. That's my longing for people, but I also know I have to say, nevertheless, your will be done because you may have a bigger picture or perspective of this than I have, and I've got to trust you with that. And I, I talked about that a little bit at the end as Pat and I have talked through all of this, but yeah, and it may not sound comforting. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm praying for somebody for healing, and you throw that on, it feels like, yeah, you're, that's just a, a tag on to be safe, but I mean, it's how Jesus prayed, and it's not an easy, this still right now, I'm like totally not comfortable with this because you feel bad. If you pray for somebody for healing, it doesn't happen. And, you know, it brings up those questions like what's going on. Yeah. So as a pastor, is that maybe like the hardest conversation or the hardest meeting or? Those are very hard. Yes. One, when you know somebody's suffering, that's hard. And when you, you want to approach God about it and then you, you're like, you know, I don't know what he's going to do with this. That's just not easy to do. And I don't know what to say. And, but you just, you just pray and you ask him and you keep praying and you, you let God be God with it. 
knowing that, especially if it's a believer, that ultimately he will make everything right. And kind of as Tolkien says in New Creation, everything bad that's been done will be undone, that there's this mm-hmm. way that he will he'll make everything right at the end. So, yeah. And that that'll last forever and that this will be so small compared to that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like the Jesus film clip where he's just like, just hold on a little longer. Um, the chosen clip? You mean? Yeah, the chosen clip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hold on a little longer. You will be healed. It'll, it'll just be in a little while. Yeah. So that clip was really good. That clip I found to be really useful. When I saw that in real time, when I was actually watching The Chosen, I had never, ever... I mean, I, I, when, when they start the conversation, you're just like, where is this going to go? Yeah. And I thought it was so well done. And what I feel like Jesus would really say, you know? Yes. So, so powerful. Do you think you're going to get any heat for showing the chosen in church? <laughs> I don't. Most people that have watched it really <laughs> like it. So I've used a couple of clips now and yeah, you haven't, have. haven't heard anything yet. As you long gave, as people know the context of it. You gave the nice caveat at the beginning, like, hey, this is not the Bible. <laughs> we don't think it's the Bible. Okay. Yeah. It's just a show about Jesus. But it's so good because it does help you get into that headspace and, yeah. and maybe pull away some assumptions that you have about the text and just see it for what it was, which is a narrative. Yeah. So yep. well done. That was cool. Well, I thought yesterday was really good. I thought it was helpful, but that's coming from somebody who hasn't experienced yet. I mean, by God's blessing, I guess, a really deep hurt or pain or loss where I really had to look and wrestle with like God's goodness or his providence in my life. Um, or why is he not answering me on this? So while my perspective is something, it's probably not the ultimate, but we're going to bring in somebody who probably has a little more authority in this, a little more experience with this. And that's Anna, as you kind of said. Yep. Um, She's much further down the road than I am on this experientially. And I've consulted her over the last year or two, multiple times on things related to this, even heading into this. Um, Talked to her several times. Had her look at that chosen clip. I wanted her take on it. And she has a lot of good things to say. And I trust her and her experience. So I th- we both talked and we thought it'd be good for people to hear from her today. So so we'll get the duct tape off her mouth and she'll step up and, and share with us. Yeah. All right. Anna is here with us. And uh, this is, by the way, if you don't know, Anna Black. And she works in the financial office here at the church, but she's been a friend of ours for a long time. She grew up in the church. Many of you probably know her. And so if you are new and don't know Anna, Anna, just share with us maybe what experience you bring to the topic of loss and pain and needing a healer and maybe what qualifies you, I guess, if that's the right word to speak on this today with us. Yeah. So um, I think that kind of my journey, um, I'd say begins probably in this area in, um, let's see, 2019. Yeah, that's right. Um, 2019, I had done a stint in Uganda for two years and um, just upon returning, my mom had been diagnosed with cancer before, but had gone into remission. But a week before returning in 2019, she had gone, like it had been, you know, re-diagnosed, had come back. Um, and so in 2019, August, she was diagnosed with cancer. And then just three months later, um, I was diagnosed with cancer at, I think, I, it was like two weeks before my 26th birthday. So I was basically 26 um, at the time. So we both went through treatments together. Um, and then that started in December for me. And then that next um, 2020, July 2020, uh, my mom passed away um, just, I think, nine months after she started 
um, treatments for that second time. Um, and then I ended up kind of going into remission in September, um, just a few months after my mom had passed. So it was just like a, almost like 12 months of just absolute like chaos, um, emotionally, physically, just in every sense of the word. And that kind of really started my journey of, yeah, kind of wrestling with some of these topics that we're going to talk about. So somebody who has absolutely gone through hard things and had to wrestle with this, not just like in a theoretical way, but in a very real way. Um, Yeah. Any thoughts or response to what you heard Garen saying yesterday? We'd love to get your thoughts on that stuff. Yeah. um, I think it was kind of, it was cool to hear Garen's um, sermon just because I think like in the state that I'm in right now is in so much of like a reflection state of, of kind of my journey of going through that suffering and my processing with the Lord. And um, I'm in a really good spot right now where I just, I am able to, um, to just see the Lord's goodness, but that was like not <laughs> at all the case, you know, two years ago. And I think, um, you know, and it was such a tough thing because, um, both me and my mom were going through cancer at the same time. And, you know, we're both praying for healing for each other and for ourselves. And my mom, you know, the Lord didn't answer that prayer for my mom, but he did for me. And so, and, you know, it wasn't necessarily miraculous healing for me, but just, I mean, I think in any way that the, that the Lord extends your life, you know, that's, he definitely healed me. And so, um, yeah. So I think wrestling with the Lord's like goodness in that unanswered prayer of my mom, you know, passing on. Um, I just, I, I, I didn't, the Lord, you know, I remember times where he was telling me like, you know, I'm good. Or he would remind me through other people saying that like, he's good, he's good. Um, but I just, I, I was so, I didn't want to hear that he was good because if he was good, that meant that in my cancer and in my mom's passing, he would still be good. And I just, I couldn't accept that. I, it it hurt too much to accept that those things were good to say that those things were good to believe that those things were good. I, it just, I, I, I hadn't, I didn't really have a foundation of his, his goodness and his healing beforehand. And I think his goodness to me before was like, how can you serve me? How can you you know, serve. Yeah. How can you serve me? And I would have never said that, but that was very much kind of my attitude and my prayers. And, um, and so I think that foundation just did not hold up with what had happened. And so I kind of had to rework and, and I had to go through, you know, a lot of anger and bitterness, um, towards the Lord for not answering that prayer and not showing up as good in the way that I wanted him to, in the way that I had previously understand him to, to be good. Um, and so I think just, um, yeah, like wrestling with all those things. And there's two like absolutely pivotal things that I have um, come to understand that have changed my perspective of kind of his goodness. And I think one of those things is um, um, him, his eternity being not bound by just the here and now, like his goodness is in eternity. And like what isn't answered here is answered in eternity. And where there are tears here, there will not be tears in new creation. And where there's sorrow here, there will not be sorrow in new creation. And I think like my focus had been in the present, in the here and now. And I think without expanding my perspective to include eternity, like I would have never been satisfied with his goodness. And I think in the same way, like um, um, his goodness was only towards me. Like, you know, I want my mom's life extended so that I can be happy or I want my life extended so that I can be happy. But if I just limit God's goodness to just my story and just to me and how he can serve me, then I would never be satisfied with his goodness. But realizing that my life is not just to serve me, it's actually not at all to serve me. It's to serve the Lord. And if that means 
using my life to show somebody else, a stranger, a friend, somebody else's God's goodness and God's glory, then like, so be it. And I think to be able to, to hold on to those things, those two things of God's glory and, um, being whatever it will be and it being an eternity has absolutely enabled me. It's the only thing that's allowed me to say yes in my suffering and in my story, God is good and he is healer. Um, yeah. Mm. And that's so heavy, but you said it so well, Anna. So thank you for sharing that. With us, I, one thing that I wrote in my notes Sunday about Garen's message was kind of something that you said that we've got to have this zoom out perspective, that it's so easy to focus on our good when we're mm-hmm. asking for God's healing. But you said it so perfectly. If I had been focused on that, I would have not viewed God as a healer. But when I zoom out to eternity and I zoom out to maybe what someone else needs in my story, then I can begin to see his goodness in it. Yeah. And that took a lot, like that, that, took a lot of, and still is, I can't even, I don't even know. I feel like I've built a really solid foundation, but you know, who knows until the next testing, it's hard to know exactly how it will respond. But I do feel like, yeah, it was, I had such a self-centered heart and affection towards the Lord. And I feel like through um, this experience, the Lord has just softened my heart for like, just kind of giving, just continuing to release myself and my needs and recognizing that I am but a tool, but still a tool that is so well-loved. Yeah. Having gone through a lot of this yourself, what would you say to somebody who's in the middle of it right now? You've kind of got this zoom out perspective. You've walked through the mess. You've come out the other side stronger for it, closer to Jesus because of it. Not that everything's perfect, but you've walked through it and maintained faith. So what would you say if you could look back and see somebody who's still in the fight and maybe doubting this or maybe heard Garen yesterday and still doesn't even know if they believe it. I mean, what would you say to somebody like that? Um, I think that I would just, um, I would just say that the Lord is so faithful. And he, when I look at my, my story and my angerness and my bitterness, like I was not faithful to him, but it was his faithfulness to carry me. And I would say like, I needed to have have the testing of my faith and I needed to work it out and wrestle it out. And so I would say just whatever you're going through, like don't hide your anger, don't hide your questions or anything from the Lord. Like just, he is with you in it. And he was literally my sustainer. He was faithful on behalf, you know, like he was my faithfulness. And um, so I think, yeah, I don't know, just, yeah. He, yeah, he will be faithful to provide, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, that's good. Can I ask you one more question about your mom? You may. Anybody who knew your mom, I wasn't lucky enough to know her, but I've heard stories and had so many people say this, that anybody who knew her knew just what a great woman of faith she was and she was a rock for so many people. Did you guys, when you were both struggling with cancer at the same time, have any conversations like this about God being a healer or just wrestling with that out loud? I mean, what was, did you ever get her perspective on kind of this whole thing or was that a conversation you ever had? Mm, Not really. I mean... Yeah, I, it was, no, (laughs) I'm trying to think. I mean, yeah, it was, it was so painful to like walk through that I just kind of had, I just didn't know how to interact with it, to be honest. Like I didn't, and I mean, (laughs) and death is such an uncomfortable topic. Like it's, even though doctors had given my mom like the terminal chat, you know, whatever you want to call it. Like it was still like, okay, but like maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe not. And so you just, I just kind of learned how to walk around it. And, and I think 
and uh, I don't know if this is what we should be talking about on the podcast, but I think like we're so uncomfortable with death and I, I almost put that, I, I was so, you know, hopeful that the Lord would heal her and because the Lord does heal people, but I let that hope and that fear intertwined with hope kind of keep me from having really like honest conversations about death and eternity. And so I think that I hope that as church people and as a community, we can become more comfortable with talking about death because at the end of the day, like death does not have the final say and we go from life to life. And the more deeply I've experienced death and the closer I've walked with death with my mom and even just working it out for myself and recognizing my fragility. Yeah. My fragility. Mm -hmm. Um, I am becoming more comfortable with death and the more comfortable I come with death, the less I fear it. And the more I'm ready for eternity with Jesus, because I recognize that this world just does not satisfy me in the way that I hope and long for, because I know that what I hope and long for is the satisfaction of being with Jesus forever, where um, we have eternity with him. And I think the last 90 seconds of what you just said is maybe the best thing we've ever said on this podcast. Like that was so gospel filled and so unique and something only that you can bring and so raw and something that we all, if we've been there, we've felt it. And like you said, maybe don't feel comfortable to voice it or share it. And if we haven't been there, we're going to be there one day. And to have that perspective is going to be so helpful. So thank you, Anna, so much for sharing any, any last thoughts or anything, or you kind of said it all, but I don't know anything else. (laughs) You're like, uh, I'm only here because you asked me to be so. Well, Anna, we so appreciate your input on this. And it's a hard topic. Garen said it's the hardest one to teach because you teach about it, but there's so many unanswered questions about there uh, about why or where is God or things. So to have somebody who has walked that hard road and um, is still working through that pain on some level, I'm sure, come and say, yes, what Garen says about who God is, is true. And this message is real. And it is something you can build a foundation on. That's invaluable. So thanks for, for being thanks here. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, that is what we've got. Garen is going to teach names of God again next week. Um, We're done with the Yahweh compound names, but we'll move on to something else. And so uh, we're excited for that. Thanks for being with us.